Welcome to AI Unscripted, everyone. I'm Sky, here with my co-host Ross, and we're excited to bring you another episode packed with insightful discussions on AI, technology, and the latest in the world of cryptocurrencies. Today, we're diving into the recent approval of Bitcoin ETFs and exploring the potential implications of quantum computing in the crypto industry. Ross, let's start with your thoughts on the Bitcoin ETFs and their impact on the market. Well, I'm not a finance guy, but I think for the crypto community, it's really exciting, at least for, I think, the majority, because for them, it uh, showing the uh, win for the cryptocurrencies, legitimizing it in the eyes of everyday people. And most importantly, I think for the majority of people who own any crypto assets, what they want is the number go up. So that's what they are expecting or that's what they were expected, but it did not happen on the first day. So we'll see how the time will show how uh, the ETF uh, and the big amount of institutional money uh, moving into the crypto assets uh, uh, will do to it. Uh, It's hard to predict what's going to happen because it looked like uh, so far, it was the, uh, you know, sell the rumor by the news type of thing when, you know, people were expecting, but I think all the buying and selling happened way before the actual, you know, ETF approval. You're right, Ross. The approval of Bitcoin ETFs is indeed a significant milestone for the crypto community. It represents a kind of validation and acceptance of cryptocurrencies within the traditional financial system. This move by the SEC to approve 11-spot Bitcoin ETFs is seen as a potential catalyst for bringing more institutional investors into the crypto space. Um, As you mentioned, the immediate market reaction wasn't a dramatic increase in Bitcoin's price, which can be attributed to the market having already priced in the approval to some extent. Historically, the introduction of new financial products like ETFs has often led to increased accessibility and interest in the underlying assets. With Bitcoin ETFs, more investors who might have been hesitant to invest directly in cryptocurrencies due to complexities like setting up a digital wallet or dealing with crypto exchanges now have a more familiar and regulated way to gain exposure to Bitcoin. The long-term impact of these ETFs on the Bitcoin market, especially considering the upcoming halving event, is something many are watching closely. Halving events have historically led to increases in Bitcoin's price, but combining this with the introduction of ETFs adds an interesting dimension to the potential market dynamics. It's a space where cautious optimism seems to be the prevailing sentiment, with an understanding that while ETFs can bring increased investment and legitimacy, They also introduce new dynamics to the crypto market that are yet to be fully understood. For more detailed information and updates on this topic, sources like Finance, Yahoo and TechCrunch provide comprehensive insights. Uh, By the way, for those who don't know what is ETF, can you explain uh, quickly what it is and uh, maybe a historic background and also the purpose of the ETFs in the financial markets? Absolutely, Ross, explaining ETFs will be helpful for our listeners. 
An ETF or exchange traded fund is a type of investment fund that's traded on stock exchanges, similar to stocks. Essentially, it's a basket of securities like stocks, bonds, or commodities that tracks an underlying index. Here's a bit of history. ETFs were introduced in the early 1990s with the first successful one being the SPDR S&P 500 ETF launched in 1993. They were created to combine the flexibility and ease of trading of individual stocks with the diversification benefits of index funds. The purpose of ETFs in the financial markets is multifold. One, diversification. ETFs allow investors to diversify their portfolio without buying each asset individually. This reduces risk as you're not reliant on the performance of a single asset. Two, lower costs. Generally, ETFs have lower fees compared to traditional mutual funds. This is due to their passive management style as most ETFs track a specific index. Three, accessibility. They're accessible to average investors because they can be bought and sold like stocks through a brokerage account. This accessibility is enhanced by the fact that ETFs often have lower investment minimums than mutual funds. Four, four, transparency. ETFs typically disclose their holdings daily, so investors know exactly what they own. Five, flexibility. They can be bought and sold at market prices throughout the trading day, unlike mutual funds, which only trade once a day after the market closes. With the introduction of Bitcoin ETFs, the idea is to offer investors exposure to Bitcoin's price without the need to directly purchase and store the cryptocurrency, making it easier and potentially safer for investors, especially those who are more traditional or cautious about direct crypto investments. These ETFs, like all ETFs, are expected to provide similar benefits in the context of cryptocurrency investment, such as diversification, lower costs, and ease of trading. Wow, that was a lot. And uh, yeah, this is uh, quite exciting news. And um, another significant thing is it happened 90 days before the Bitcoin halving, which, like you mentioned, is a is it a thing that um, historically has been followed by big rise in the valuation of the uh, Bitcoin and other crypto assets. And we're not sure if it's gonna happen this time. I mean. Anything can happen, right? So it's definitely not a financial advice. Always have to disclose that. So don't want to get in trouble with anyone. But it is definitely an exciting news, I think, more for gigs. Because every time the uh, number goes up, I think it kind of sticks up to the people who claim that Bitcoin is a scam, is a pyramid scheme. Usually those people don't really know what they're talking about. They haven't done the research and they haven't looked or they probably not very technical as well. And they don't know the underlying, you know, technology, how it works, why it works this way, why it cannot be changed, etc, uh, etc. Et and I think for the for, for me personally, what I see the crypto doing is for the future when hopefully we're going to go to the stars and the only viable way to trade, to exchange uh, goods and services will be not for, uh, you know, gold or obviously you can do banks and stuff, but the back in the war days, you know, when, when whenever there was war between big countries, the only thing you can trade with each other was physical gold. But it was very uh, dangerous and risky because you were 
uh, under the threat of someone taking it away from you while we're transporting transporting it from one to the other. Uh, so in the future, I think when the planets and moons will be trading with each other, they will be trading in the crypto assets because because they travel with the speed of light basically, and uh, that probably will have the most trust in everyone because there is no cost to to transferring compared to you know gold it would be very expensive to ship gold from earth to other planets you know to settle trades and another thing you have uh that trust and scarcity built in into the system itself however like you mentioned before uh the issue of quantum computing uh breaking that bright future is uh, really high and i hope uh, Bitcoin community, especially developers, uh, will build some kind of solution uh, to the quantum computing threat. Absolutely, Ross. Your perspective on the significance of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, especially in the context of future space exploration and interplanetary trade, is quite visionary. The idea of using cryptocurrencies for transactions across space is fascinating, their digital nature the speed of transactions and the decentralized aspect make them potentially ideal for such scenarios where traditional banking systems and physical currencies may not be practical. You're right in pointing out that many critiques of Bitcoin often stem from a lack of understanding of its underlying technology and principles. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general have emerged as a new asset class with unique properties like decentralization, scarcity in the case of Bitcoin, and resistance to censorship. Regarding the upcoming Bitcoin halving and its potential impact on the market, it's indeed a highly anticipated event. Historically, halving events, which reduce the reward for mining new blocks and thus lower the rate at which new Bitcoins are generated, have led to an increase in Bitcoin's price. However, as you rightly mentioned, it's important to note that past performance is not indicative of future results, and the crypto market is known for its volatility. On the topic of quantum computing, it's a concern that's on the radar of many in the cryptocurrency space. The threat of quantum computers being able to break the cryptographic algorithms that secure Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is a real one, although it's still considered to be a future risk rather than an immediate one. The Bitcoin community and developers are indeed aware of this potential threat and discussions about post-quantum cryptography are ongoing. The good news is that the Bitcoin protocol can be upgraded if and when the threat becomes more imminent. Although such an upgrade would require consensus within the community, which can be a complex process. The evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is an ongoing journey, one that's part of the larger narrative of technological advancement and its impact on society. Another question I have for you is why do you think, in your opinion, the after approval of Bitcoin ETF, which was very, very sort of uh, event when a lot of people were complaining for years why the SEC did not approve Bitcoin ETF for many years. And finally it happened, but it did not reflect in any crazy spike in the, the, the price of Bitcoin. I mean, Logically, if people were anticipating, people were stockpiling and the institutional money should have gone in and it looks like they kind of going in or maybe they not, but there is no significant, you know, 
uh, rise of the price of the Bitcoin. It it went to like forty seven on some uh, on some other uh, trading platforms went to like forty nine thousand, but then it promptly went down to forty two thousand. And in your opinion, what do why do you think uh, there is no crazy run up? The relatively subdued reaction of Bitcoin's price following the approval of Bitcoin ETFs can be attributed to a few factors. Firstly, the market had largely priced in the SEC's decision prior to the official announcement. The buildup to the approval saw Bitcoin's price already reflecting the optimism and speculation surrounding the ETFs. As a result, when the actual approval happened, there wasn't a significant surge since the market had already adjusted to the news. Additionally, a common market phenomenon known as buy the rumor, sell the news played a role. Traders and investors often buy assets based on speculation and sell them when the actual event occurs, taking profits from the anticipation rally. This behavior was observed in Bitcoin's case, where the price saw an initial spike, but then retraced as traders took profits. Moreover, there were concerns about the regulatory environment and issues such as market manipulation, and the role of cryptocurrencies in activities like sanctions evasion, which may have contributed to a cautious stance from investors. This cautious approach was reflected in the actions of Bitcoin and Ethereum whales, who de-risked their positions in anticipation of the approval. Finally, even though the ETFs saw significant trading volume on their first day, indicating strong investor interest, the overall market sentiment was tempered by a broader financial context and the potential for future regulatory challenges. These factors combined to create a situation where the Bitcoin ETF approval didn't lead to the explosive price increase that some might have expected. Sources CCN.com, Kiko News and Finbold. Okay, that's interesting. What about, what do you think about the future of El Salvador who adopted and basically went all in with Bitcoin, do you see any time uh, like a future where you can actually have day-to-day uh, interaction transactions handled in Bitcoin? The technology is slowly getting getting there. Uh, things like uh, Lightning Network can enable very fast low uh, transactions. However, right now I don't see anyone trying to uh, you know, trade in an asset that is so volatile that like from one year it goes from, you know, 20,000 to, to 40,000 then goes down again. So do you see and uh, what should be the conditions for, for example, for the whole, whole world to adopt uh, transactions uh, that will be handled totally in, uh, you know, in Bitcoin? For example, you know, I go to the store and I pay Bitcoin, I receive uh, my payments in Bitcoin and uh, or any kind of similar ath- assets, for example, like Ethereum, which could be another interesting choice, uh, considering that Ethereum has now, you know, it has the staking, it it does not have the hard cap, but it has the burning feature, which can potentially reduce the total amount of uh, Ethereum on the network just because a lot more people using the network so it burns a lot more and also you have the feature um, that is kind of which I already mentioned staking which resembles kind of the bond where you stake your you know certain amount of Ether and receive issuance for contributing uh, security to the network. 
The future of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as everyday transaction currencies is complex and multifaceted. Currently, Bitcoin's high volatility limits its widespread use in daily transactions as both buyers and sellers generally prefer a more stable medium of exchange. However, developments like the Lightning Network are addressing speed and cost issues for smaller transactions, making Bitcoin more feasible for everyday use in the future. In El Salvador, where Bitcoin is legal tender, less than 15% of people used it for everyday transactions as of 2023. This suggests that despite legal status, widespread daily use of Bitcoin is still not a reality, largely due to its fluctuating value. Ethereum, with its proof of stake mechanism and token burning feature, presents an alternative. Its staking resembles bonds, offering rewards for contributing to network security. And the burning feature could potentially reduce the total supply, influencing its value. Stablecoins could be a more viable option for daily transactions due to their relative value stability. They can be sent instantly without the high fees associated with, with traditional banking systems, potentially bringing unbanked populations into the financial system. However, they also face regulatory scrutiny, especially after some stablecoins deviated from their pegs during market volatility in 2022. The full adoption of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum for day-to-day -day transactions would require a combination of increased stability, wider acceptance, and continued technological advancements to address current limitations. Source Council on Foreign Relations are... Oh, that was interesting. Um, another thing which uh, I wanted to ask you is um, what do you see happening with the uh, Bitcoin interactions, meaning uh, for example, there's still times when uh, Bitco people who transacted in Bitcoin were sanctioned, like you mentioned. And uh, for example, I heard Canadian track drivers, some of their, because they did not uh, have custody, I think, of their Bitcoin, it was custody by the institution. Institutions still were able to confiscate it. And in American history, there is a precedence where uh, the, even gold was confiscated from the population. It was bought for not very good price to the population. And then uh, you could not own gold for very, 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 very long time uh, until they uh, removed that, I believe, in 1970s. And uh, after that, the price of gold skyrocketed. But effectively, the government was able to confiscate that value out of population. So do you think this same thing is possible with Bitcoin uh, where, you know, government comes into you, tells you to surrender all your, you know, crypto assets, crypto savings, like, for example, you know, like, like Bitcoin. I mean, it's harder, like it'd be way harder because it's not a physical one. You cannot just take it away, but there could be definitely some kind of coercion or demonization does the approval of ETF reduces that risk or not? The approval of Bitcoin ETFs doesn't directly impact the potential for government intervention in Bitcoin holdings. While ETFs provide a regulated mainstream investment vehicle for Bitcoin, they don't change the decentralized and digital nature of the cryptocurrency itself. Governments could theoretically impose regulations or restrictions on Bitcoin transactions or holdings, but 
The decentralized and global nature of Bitcoin makes this more complex compared to traditional assets like gold. The custody issue is significant. Those who hold Bitcoin in wallets where they control the private keys have more security against potential confiscation compared to holding it through third-party custodians. However, widespread government confiscation of Bitcoin seems less feasible due to its digital decentralized nature and potential regulatory actions might focus more on exchanges and trading platforms. That was pretty interesting. I think we're ready to end this short episode of our podcast and uh, wrap it up. Take it away. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of AI Unscripted. Today, we delved into the world of Bitcoin ETFs, their impact on the market, and the future of cryptocurrencies in daily transactions. We also explored the complexities around government intervention in digital assets like Bitcoin. Remember, the landscape of cryptocurrency is ever-evolving, and staying informed is key. Until next time, this is Sky signing off with Ross. Keep exploring the fascinating world of AI and crypto, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.